This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. It's the Danny Parkin Show, radio.com, CBS Sports Radio. Very much appreciate you hanging out with me. 855-212-4CBS is the number. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Back in my old stomping grounds of Kansas City. Worked here for nearly six years. Now I'm back home in Chicago. Uh, where I do afternoons Monday through Friday, do this show on Sunday nights, but had a wedding this weekend in KC. So, uh, you know, real selfish, had a friend who uh, scheduled a wedding in Kansas City opening weekend of football season. My wife flew back today. I was not willing to uh, wake up early after a wedding to fly back, didn't want to risk travel problems, so just caught up with friends and family here, watched all the football, and I'll be flying back early tomorrow morning to get back to do the Chicago show Absolutely not willing to travel during week one of the NFL. It was a great, great, great Sunday. I love college football. It's fine. It's great. It beats basically anything else, but nothing approaches the drama and the intrigue of the National Football League. So how I want to begin tonight's show, and if this goes well, maybe we'll do this uh, every week, is... One big thing on every team that played today. So we won't hit on the Thursday night teams. We won't hit on the Monday night teams. But my thoughts, kind of like a State of the Union address, quick hitters on each team that played today. So, boys, I need a little NFL Films music if you don't mind. We begin with Titans 43, Browns 13. Here's the thing about Tennessee. They're solid. They've got a really good defense. They've got a solid offensive line. Derrick Henry is legit. It's nice to see him picking up where he left off with how he finished last season with a really nice game today. But the Titans were gifted this game. Delaney Walker can do his Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Crown him. He could do the whole speech, and it was great. But Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. So I don't know if this was truly representative of what the outcome would be if these teams played 10 times, but that's the beauty of the NFL. Tennessee is a solid enough team because they do have a good defense and they have a really solid offensive line. They can grind out games. Like If you give them and spot them a lead, they're not going to be the team that shoots itself in the foot and makes a bunch of mistakes. So they're not. it's not a best-of-seven series. This isn't the NBA. They played one of one. Baker Mayfield was terrible. Titans were able to hold on. The Browns side of thing, listen, we're going to talk about them more later in the show because they are the most hyped team in the NFL this year. They are going to be the team that people love to root for and love to hate. They are going to be, you know, store brand Dallas Cowboys, right? Big names, big personalities, a ton of sizzle, and maybe get more ink and airtime than they really deserve. 
but big tree fall hard. You build a team up like that, and they throw three interceptions in their opener, you're going to get booed in the first half, and they deserved every minute of it. Ravens 59, Dolphin, Dolphins 10. Yo, I told you that I liked the Ravens in that division. I liked the Ravens over win total. I have Lamar Jackson on one of my fantasy teams. I love that they are zagging when the rest of the league is zigging. They are going to be a tough, tough team to game plan for on a week-to-week basis because it's such a passing league, and they are so dominated by creative run schemes. Lamar Jackson, beautiful, historic opener for him. I'm rooting for him. It was great. But the story of that game, yeah, it was the Ravens scoring 59. Cool. They'll be relevant going forward. Yo, in survivor pools, just pick against the Dolphins every week. They've got 1-15 in 15 or 0-16 written all over them. They've got players requesting trades after the game. They are straight-up tanking. They're imploding. That game was at home. No one was there in the second half. The Dolphins are a joke. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if a few players were traded out of that team within the next week or two. Vikings 28, Falcons 12. Yo, the, the Vikings... They came to play because home team, their defense is legit. They also play in front of play with a lead. Coming back on that defense is going to be tough. But the thing that changed for them is Dalvin Cook. Xavier Rhodes injury, scary when it happens because he's so good and vital to what that defense does. But Dalvin Cook changes the complexion there completely because Diggs and Thielen might be in the conversation for best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Now that Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon are together with Julian Edelman, Patriots would like a word. Obviously, uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones would like a word. There are some other ones. But if you've got a great wide receiver duo, you're relying on Kirk Cousins. If you've got Dalvin Cook, that could be the third element to your team. Dalvin Cook, two, their defense, one, and Kirk Cousins when you need it. And the Falcons, man, they are such an underachieving, disappointing group. They honestly don't deserve our time today. How you show up with that offense and the health that you had compared to last year in a dome and you lay that kind of egg, that was an embarrassing performance by the Falcons. Minnesota's really good. I No shade. I'm not taking anything away from the Vikings. I think they are going to be really competitive in what I still think will be the most competitive division in the NFL, the NFC North. But Atlanta should be better than that, man especially in that spot. They should be able to, with a 12-year veteran quarterback, they should be able to go on the road and with their skill position players and that quarterback hang some numbers on the board. But their offensive line is straight-up trash, and obviously Matt Ryan is not mobile, so he was scrambling and running for his life all day. That's not what he does. Vikings dominated that game. Bills 17, Jets 16. Story of this game is which AFC East team has the quarterback that will ultimately take over this division if and when Father Time ever catches up to Tom Brady, which, based on how halftime is going of uh, Sunday Night Football tonight, Patriots on top of the Steelers 20 to nothing at the half. It might not be either Josh Allen or Sam Darnold because Brady might be dominant for the next 15 years. Josh Allen is fun. Josh Allen ended up with the win, but I still give the edge to Sam Darnold. He was a pedestrian. He completed 14 of 17 passes to Jamison Crowder, and he didn't even get 100 yards. Le'Veon Bell looked good. Ton of volume, ton of usage for him in fantasy. It was, what, I think 175 yards passing for Sam Darnold. 
but he just has that it factor. That little improvisation, that little ability to, you know, they, they blew it. I, I bet the Jets, all the credit in the world to the Bills. I know there was a defensive touchdown in there when the ball went off the receiver's hands for the Bills, but there's something to Sam Darnold's game that I just believe in him. I believe that when that guy is in the league for a couple of years, in the same system for a couple of years, and they build around him, if they build around him competently, I think Sam Darnold will be the next quarterback to win in AFC East after Tom Brady. Eagles 32, Washington 27. Man, the that was a gutty championship caliber performance by the Eagles. You fall down 17-0 at half, or in the first half, at home, and you're getting booed, and you have that perseverance to bounce back and just drive at a time, chip, chip, chip away. Carson Wentz looked fantastic, got over 300 yards. He's healthy again, obviously makes all the difference in the world because I still believe he's the best quarterback in the NFC North. But the thing that actually just, like, gave me an odd, like, pit in my stomach feeling is Deshaun Jackson is still doing his thing. How many times have we seen him on, like, Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys or Monday Night Football against the Giants? Just get behind the defense, 40, 50, 60-yard bomb. Like, I won a fantasy league with Deshaun Jackson in 2009. Like, this guy is remarkable. So, the story was the comeback and the division win and saving all your survivor pool picks out there. But it was Deshaun Jackson just feels like he's always costing me money. He didn't today, but that guy has been so good for so long. It's remarkable to watch him. Washington, I'm going to watch. You got talent on defense, and Case Keenum's just that dude. He's that guy that's solid. He was more than solid today. He was fantastic. Little of it was fluky, jump ball, behind the defense type stuff. Didn't feel like that is a sustainable offensive performance for Washington, but Case Keenum's the guy that is not – you're not going to lose a bunch of games because of him. He played well enough today where you could have won because of him, but Philly was just a much more talented team. But I thought that Washington was a bottom three offensive talent team in the league, but Keenum knows how to run an offense. He's solid. They might be a a little bit better, you know, six, seven-win team than I expected them to be. Rams 30, Panthers 27. And by the way, we'll take your calls on your top takeaways for your teams at 855-212-4227 when this is done. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Going on a quick thought on every team that played today. Sucks if you're a Todd Gurley fantasy owner and Malcolm Brown uh, submarined all your TDs. That was tough. Christian McCaffrey, best running back on the field. Man, is he a versatile player. I think the Rams are going to be in contention again. I picked Seattle in that division, but one of them's winning the division, one of them's the wild card. We know what the Rams are at this point. Really damn good. Cam Newton, I want so badly for his 30s to involve him evolving as a quarterback, but he still just throws the 100-mile-an-hour fastball on the four-yard out unnecessarily and stares down the receiver and throws the bad pick at the wrong time, and he's... He's so gifted, and he's got such a high ceiling, and he can do things athletically that basically no one else in the league can do. But just putting it together consistently and taking that next step seems to elude him. Chiefs 40, Jaguars 26. We will definitely be talking more about Pat Mahomes 
later in the show. The Chiefs are so good that Pat Mahomes can miss Travis Kelsey for a wide-open touchdown in the first quarter, have to settle for a field goal, and Chiefs fan because he did a no-look pass unnecessarily, and Chiefs fans are like, nah, whatever. Maybe he'll learn from it. No big deal. Because the Jaguars are a talented team. I know Calais Campbell wasn't out there today, but Duke, uh, Yannick Njoku and Josh Allen and Miles Jack, who went insane today, and A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith and on and on and on, and the Chiefs hung 40 on them. So the Jaguars need to get some discipline quick because if that defense has given up 40 at home in that heat, they should be much better than that. The Nick Foles injury sucks because I thought that they were going to finally get at least competent quarterback play, and then they did from something called Gardner, Gardner Minshew the second. He was really good today. But as soon as teams start game planning for him, that felt very lightning in a bottle, flash in the pan thing. I will be shocked if Gardner Minshew the second brings the Jaguars anywhere offensively going forward. Chargers 30, Colts 24. Man, sucks to be Melvin Gordon. Because Austin Eckler balled out. Terrible day for him in negotiations. Chargers, even though they got the win, seem to be in midseason form. Key players hurt or out and no kicker. But they got the win because, speaking of no kicker, Colts would have been better off with no kicker today. Adam Vinatieri, father time undefeated, missed two field goals and an extra point, and you lose by six. That's going to be a problem. Their line is really good. Marlon Mack played really well. Malik Hooker and T.Y. Hilton with just incredible individual effort, superstar plays. The Colts are an awesome organization. A lot of teams would just be derailed with the news of Andrew Luck leaving two weeks before the season. And the Colts came out today with a remarkable effort and kept coming back and coming back and coming back. I wouldn't sleep on the Colts this year or going forward. They're going to figure that out. Seahawks 21, Bengals 20. Yo, I hope you drafted Chris Carson because the Seahawks are going to run the ball a lot. But I just, I like how that team is set up to grind out games. This was a grindy win today. That was an experienced, no panic. All right, things went poorly early. Couple bad breaks, couple bad bounces. Big play, got behind the defense. Tyler Boyd, like that, that, that was a... That was a gritty win for Seattle. They're much better than Cincinnati, but they just grinded that out. That was a poised, impressive comeback win. Speaking of Cincy, I hope Tyler Boyd is not A.J. Green 2.0. Like that, they got some speed, they got some talent, but they still have A.J. Dalton, or Andy Dalton, A.J. Dalton, A.J. Green. Uh, So they got talent. Giovanni Bernard, talent. Ross, talent. Boyd, talent. Like they just... They still just have such a low ceiling at quarterback that they're just not going to be relevant anytime soon until they change. Dallas 35, Giants 17. That was the best game of Dak Prescott's life. Full stop. Best game I've ever seen him play. And then Jerry Jones comes out after the game and says a contract with him is imminent. That's good negotiating. If Melvin Gordon had a bad negotiation day, Dak Prescott had a good one. But yo, Eli Manning is hilariously bad. And Pat Shermer, you better give the ball to Saquon Barkley more than 11 times against the Cowboys or you're not going to last very long in New York City because Saquon is awesome. Wayne Gallman uh, vultured a touchdown for him for you fantasy owners out there. But, you know, 
The funniest part about the Giants is that Daniel Jones is so clearly better than Eli Manning, but when he's on the field, he looks exactly like Eli Manning. You just like body type, height, width, girth, body language. He looks exactly like Eli Manning, and that is going to be hilarious whenever he throws interceptions. 49ers 31, Bucks 17. Yo, let's pour one out or take a shot for all of us George Kittle fantasy owners off the, out there today. Two touchdowns taken off the board. My God. Listen, I think San Francisco is fun, and Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive coach. And they with, with Pettis, and uh, I liked the Tevin Coleman addition, but then he gets hurt. Breda stinks. That number 31, I forgot his name. He was the best running back on the field today after Coleman got hurt. But that was a gift of a win for San Francisco. I still don't think we really know how good or bad they're going to be because Jameis Winston sucks. They've, I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich calling the place. He's got talent all over the place. Takes three sacks, throws three picks, and throws the ball 36 times in the game and has less than 200 passing yards. Jameis is terrible. He just stares down guys the entire time. And Bruce Arians, what are you doing down 20 to 14, making a field goal, taking points off the board to go for a touchdown fourth and goal from the two or three when there's 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter and you've got Jameis Winston? Kick the field goal, go down. To, and I normally am a go for it guy. Go down 20 to 17 and get the ball back so that you don't need to put it in Jameis Winston's hands. That was just, that was idiotic. And then Lions 27, Cardinals 27. That was a hilarious late comeback. Kyler Murray flashed what he could be. But, yo, ties are like kissing your sister. That game does not deserve our attention. Cliff Kingsbury, be aggressive. You fell up. You got fired in the Big 12 and hired in the NFL, and you got to pick the number one pick at quarterback, and you're kicking field goals to go down 17-3 early, and you're punting in overtime to lock in the tie. Like, just what happens? You just go into the NFL and you become conservative? That was pathetic, man. That game does not – that's the last we're talking about that game on today's show. We are boycott. Ryan, no Lions or Cardinals calls on today's show. Any other team that played today – 855-212-4227. Your biggest takeaway from the game. I'll follow up coming up next on some of the biggest storylines that will have ramifications going forward. But that's my big thought on every team that played today. Thanks for hanging out. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thank you for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. 855-212-4CBS is the number. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Listen, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I do know a little about a little, and I would just say that um, Mike Tomlin, when you're down 20 to nothing – and you're trying to win in Foxborough, kicking field goals from the one-yard line, maybe not the best move. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You're down three scores. You've shown no ability to stop the Patriots. What are you doing? Well, I just don't want to get shut out. Like, what a loser mentality. These... 
I really think at some point coaches are going to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down more and go for two more and realize that when you have a great quarterback, you've got to take situations over and you have to go for it and you have to push the envelope here. What good does down, being down 20-3 to three do? Because what did the Patriots do after that? Touchdown, 27-3. Sweet. Nice field goal, Pittsburgh. That is pathetic. I just went through my big takeaway from each team that played today. 855-212-4CBS is the number. I want to get into the team that is maybe the most polarizing in the NFL, but one thing I think we can all agree on about them in just a minute. But Alex in Florida gave me a call at 855-212-4CBS. What's up, Alex? Hey, Bark Bark, man. I just want to agree with you 100% about Jameis Winston. I have been a Buccaneer fan my whole life, and that guy is just trash. Yeah, I just – I don't get it. Like, what? why hasn't he gotten any better? I I mean, the talent you put around this kid, and we're paying him what this year, $20 million to throw three interceptions a game? Cut him. Get rid of him right now. Let's start looking towards the college, you know, college quarterback so we can pick one from there again. You know, they'll they'll never do that. I mean, you can – listen, if, if Jameis is this bad, he's going to help you get a good draft pick anyway. So you, you may as well have the guy. You know, you, like you said, you've drafted him. They haven't given him a huge second contract yet. So they're, they're not going to cut him. But it's absolutely in play that Jameis Winston is not the starting quarterback by the second half of this season. That is absolutely in play. No, he's not. I mean, bringing the kid behind Griffin, you know, give him a shot, see what he can do. All right, Alex. I pre- that bad in preseason. All right. Park, Park, I, listen, I, I appreciate the call, but that talk about a situation where you've got everything around you that you could possibly need. Now I know it's game one in a new system. I understand you got a new play caller in your ear. It takes time, but some of those sacks, my God, have some awareness. Some of those interceptions, you could just see it from the snap. It's like, okay, he's locking in, he's locking in, he's locking in. The defender has jumped the route. He's throwing it anyway. Pick six. Okay. Thank you for playing, Jameis. That was just it was so bad. I'm going to get into more of this in just a minute, but I wonder if people would agree with this statement about the Browns. Whether you love them or hate them, whether you root for them or root against them, they're interesting, right? Like you've got a you've got a opinion of the Browns. Alex just called in about Tampa. You might not have an opinion on Tampa, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Buffalo, the Jets, the Panthers. You might not have an opinion on a dozen or so teams in the NFL. But, oh, boy, do you have an opinion on the Browns, positive or negative. And I'll tell you where I come out on them in just a little bit. But I'm curious at 855-212-4CBS, they've entered that stratosphere of team where, yeah, I'm watching. I absolutely care. I absolutely have an opinion of the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Packers. There's a new person at that table. And that is the Cleveland Browns. 
we all care about them, positive or negative, and that that relevance, that currency is priceless in the NFL. So I'll tell you where I come out on the Browns. We'll take more of your calls for your big impressions of the day. This is the Danny Parkin Show. It is the Danny Parkin Show, radio.com, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Parkins, Danny Parkins 1. On Instagram, 855-212-4CBS is the number. Top NFL impressions from week one. I gave you mine for every team to start the show. We'll hear yours as we go throughout the night. Two hours from now, Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh is going to join the show after this embarrassment that the Steelers are laying on Sunday night football against the Patriots. Down 30-3 to right now in the fourth quarter. Also... We'll get to Antonio Brown and Pat Mahomes in just a little bit. But the Browns are inching up towards being a tier one team of relevance. The Cowboys are always relevant, even if they're bad, because there's so many fans. And they're so they're polarizing. So they get huge ratings on Sunday Night Football. Cowboys are always going to be talked about on, you know, the ESPN, FS1, CBS Sports Radio type shows. Patriots with this dynasty, always relevant. Steelers with their fan base and consistency, always relevant. Packers, always relevant. The Chiefs, now that they've got Pat Mahomes, new face of the NFL, they're going to be relevant for the next decade and always in that conversation. The Browns just acquiring all of these personalities, all these talents, all these guys at the top of NFL drafts, right? Like, you care about Baker Mayfield. You care about Odo Beckham. You know who Jarvis Landry is. You know who Miles Garrett is. You know who Denzel Ward is. Like, this is a team that we care about. Baltimore, maybe you don't have an opinion. Vikings, maybe you don't have an opinion. Titans, maybe you don't have an opinion. You got an opinion on Cleveland. And how I feel about him is, I'm actually not rooting for this one to crash and burn. I don't have any sort of animosity or dislike of Browns fans. I've actually grown to have some pity for their struggles. They're not a rival with any of my teams. They've never really cost me money. I just kind of pity them. And... With Baker Mayfield specifically, I like that he is unafraid to put his name on honest comments and criticism because at quarterback, that's really rare. It's not rare for athletes. It's not rare for football players, but it's rare for quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger canceled his weekly radio show because he just stepped in it one too many times. Pat Mahomes, cliche machine. Mitch Trubisky, cliche machine. Carson Wentz, cliche machine. These are young quarterbacks. These are Baker Mayfield's peers. Baker Mayfield, GQ profile. Talking about Daniel Jones. And then he says, oh, people took it out of context. Okay, but you said it. Baker Mayfield talking about Hugh Jackson last year. Baker Mayfield going at Colin Cowherd, being profiled in ESPN the magazine by Mina Kimes. Like he makes waves. And if you can do both, if you can be great quarterback on the field 
and great quote off the field, that is superstar stuff. That is transcend the sport type stuff. And for that type of personality and player to play that position for that team, it would be something that, this isn't hyperbole, literally none of us have ever seen before. And when that happens in sports, or when that is possibly going to happen in sports, I root for it. Because I like new and different. I'm getting sick of this Patriots dynasty. In fact, I can remove the word getting there. I'm sick of this Patriots dynasty. I'm ready for someone else, something new. That's why Pat Mahomes is really exciting. But yeah, I'm just, I'm done with Baker. Or excuse me, I'm done with the Patriots. I'm done with the old guard. Let's bring in the new young thing. And if that new young thing isn't as conservative and stuffy as the old guard has been traditionally in the NFL... Like, I'm personally here for it. And I get, by the way, if it rubs you the wrong way. Like, there's no place for that for the leader of a football team. I hate the distractions. I hate the pomp and circumstance. I hate the trash talk. That's totally your prerogative. But what I would say is he at least makes you feel something. When's the last time you had a thought or a feeling about a Browns quarterback that's going to last? I'm not talking about Johnny Manziel, but you didn't care about Tim Couch. You didn't care about Josh McCown. You didn't care about Seneca Wallace. Like This is a sustainably, potentially great player who balled out last year, fell flat on his face week one, was a Heisman Trophy winner, talks the talk, and we're about to see if he can walk the walk. I'm here for it, man, because that is rare at the quarterback position. 855-212-4CBS. Do you believe the Browns deserve that seat at the table with the team that just week in and week out are going to be discussed? If they're 10 and 6, they're going to be discussed. If they're 6 and 10, they're going to be discussed. Not a lot of teams in the NFL get that treatment. Even New York teams don't always get that treatment. The Patriots do. The Steelers do. The Chiefs are about to. The Packers do. The Patriots do. And I think the Browns are too because of their personality. Dan is in Virginia. Wants to weigh in on the Browns. What's up, Dan? Thanks for calling. Uh, thanks for taking the call, and thanks for being a shoulder to cry on. Tough day for Browns uh, fans, man. You have no idea. Um, you know, I, with that said, I'm still very optimistic about this, this upcoming year. Uh, but so I subscribe to the to the Cleveland Browns radio network. I do. I've watched every episode of Building the Browns, and the one thing that Freddie Kitchens absolutely preached was we do not practice penalties. I didn't see that today. That's not that's not what he put on the field today. Yeah, I mean their their penalty numbers were egregious i have it for you right here just i mean I, i'm sure i'm sure you know but it's 818 for 182 we're since 1951 and i'll tell you what this is really his welcome to the nfl moment he's got a lot of explaining to do and this is this is a a prime example of quote unquote look at the team on paper because if you do that that defense doesn't give up 40 points to the Tennessee Titans. 
that offense is worth far more than 13 points, my friend. Oh, I agree. I mean, they they asked the bed today. Like, that was the worst version of what this team is. We, we know they're better than that. They were better than that the last half of last season. Absolutely. And, and we added talent. And we added talent. So, Freddie, like I said, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, this is his welcome to the NFL moment. And if this looks uh, – real quick – I belong to a I, – I, every Sunday we go to a Browns-Packers bar, and there's all of us Browns fans there. And walking in today into that game to see everybody's face, and, and we all felt the same thing. By the middle of the fourth quarter, as I looked around that table, it looked like another Brown season, unfortunately. Yeah, don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. Here's the re- – listen, I appreciate the call. Don't give up yet. Baker Mayfield is going to be, I don't know how good he'll be, but he's your guy. He's going to be your guy for another three seasons minimum. You've got a long time invested in that guy. There are going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. And there's just no way that offense, by the way, the Titans defense is good. So now I don't think they're that good, but they're a good team. That's not. It's not embarrassing to have struggles offensively against the Titans. It's embarrassing to get blown out against the Titans when you're a six and a half point favorite and you've got all of the hype in the world that you had coming into this year and you were at home. Tennessee shouldn't hang 43 on this Browns team at home. But that had a, that, that game had a snowball effect to it. That game just it escalated. It really got out of hand fast. Biggest NFL takeaways of the day. Coleman is in Georgia on the Danny Parkins show. What's up, Coleman? Thanks for calling, man. Oh, man, thank you, man. How's your night going? It's going okay? Hey, man, the NFL is back. Even though I lost money today, it's a good thing. I'm making it back right now by, you know, working on a Sunday night. How you doing? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm just I'm just chilling. Um, you know, earlier today, uh, I just want to talk about, like, what happened to – I'll tell you another team that asked the bet. My Falcons, like that was embarrassing. So, do, you, do you have like anything to say about what? Like they just manhandled them the whole time. The Falcons looked like a team that was the JV practicing against the varsity. They they looked like Rudy on the practice squad against Notre Dame. Like their defensive line, we know their defensive line is small, right? I mean, Grady Jarrett's a monster, but they 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 are a small front seven. They are a front seven built for speed, not for comfort. And uh, yeah, they got they got boat raced today. That was that was a they got punched and they didn't counter punch and it got ugly. Yeah, it was like twenty eight to zero. I'm like, man, just turn it off. I told my brother to turn it off. I don't want to watch no more. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. What, what, I don't. I don't know. Maybe next week we'll do something different against Philly. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. You're right about the front line, the front seven. They're, they are small. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the call. Falcons, man, they're a team I believed in. You know their first 11 games this year are in a dome? And so I thought a team built for speed, first 11 games in a dome, little scheduling quirk. They were really banged up with injury last year. They come out, and that team should win some shootouts. 
I, I was a big believer in the Falcons this year. And here's the thing about overreacting to uh, week one. Just don't. It's the type of thing where you can, if you go back to last year, there was a nice article on uh, Pro Football Talk about it. Like last year, Tampa beat the Saints in week one. The Packers beat the Bears in week one. The Broncos beat Seattle in week one. Carolina beat Dallas in week one. None of those teams were close to being better than the other by the time the season went on. So tomorrow's called overreaction Monday in the NFL because we waited since the Super Bowl till today. Hope springs eternal. Basically every fan base believes they've got a shot to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, in Chicago, Mitch Trubisky's a bust. In Cleveland, the Browns are all hype. In Tennessee, the Titans are going to the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's an MVP candidate. Like People overreact like crazy to week one. So try to resist the urge and the temptation to do it. Falcons, we haven't heard the last of them. Keeping reaction going to your top takeaways and where you come out on the Browns, but I also want to ask, what superlative is too much for Pat Mahomes in year two as a starter in the NFL? Because the things I'm willing to say... Oh boy, you might need to check me. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.